Welcome to New York. This is, is the Devil's Devil State, State of Mind podcast, podcast, brought to you brought by to you the Hockey, Hockey Podcast, podcast Network. Network. Now here's now your host, host, Neil Villapiano! What is going on, Devils fans? It is, as always, your host, your best friend, your confidant, your top source, Neil Villapiano, and welcome to another edition of the Devil's State of Mind podcast right here on the Hockey Podcast Network as well as Sportswire Radio, the best place to get everything you need to know about your already 30-win new Jersey Devils. As always, guys, Thank you so much for checking out this episode and taking time out of your day to check these episodes out. I hope you're having a fantastic day. I really do appreciate all the support. You already know that as we continue to build this podcast more and more. This podcast episode and everything we do here at the Hockey Podcast Network are sponsored as always by our wonderful friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook. And guys, the, a- the NFL championship games are this upcoming weekend conference championship. You got what? The Chiefs against the Bengals, and then you got the Niners against the Eagles. It's going to be a lot of fun this weekend, and also with a lot of exciting games in college basketball, the NHL with so many different high-flying games, like the Devils game against the Golden Knights coming up later today, and so much more. DraftKings is giving you guys tremendous, absolutely tremendous opportunities to get on huge cash prizes and if you want to get a little extra cash for yourself here's what you do you go to DraftKings Sportsbook you sign up you use our promo code THPN and don't forget to tell them that your boy Neil Villapiano sent you and as always a big thank you and shout out to our sponsors at DraftKings Sportsbook for sponsoring the Hockey Podcast Network as well as the Devil's State of Mind podcast The New Jersey Devils are finally back home after a very, very long two-week road trip. And obviously, it was a phenomenal road trip for the New Jersey Devils. And we're going to basically talk about the last game of the road trip, which was last week against the Seattle Kraken. We're also going to recap the game on Sunday afternoon at home against the Pittsburgh Penguins. And then finally... We are going to discuss some trade rumors because things have certainly picked up over the last couple of days. And as we continue to creep closer and closer to that trade deadline, things are going to continue to pick up, especially looking at where the Devils team is at this point and the potential that they could have when it comes to making some pretty big time trades. So as always, guys, we have a bunch to get to here on the Devil's State of Mind podcast. So let's not waste any more time and get rolling. So we'll kick things off with the game a couple days ago 
on Thursday against the Seattle Kraken. This was a really exciting matchup because you look at the Devils, who are coming in looking to finish the road trip, a perfect 5-0-0, and the West Coast road trip, a perfect 4-0-0, which would obviously be phenomenal, looking for their sixth win in a row as well. But the Kraken have been one of the talks of the NHL at this point. And at the time of this recording, they are currently 27-14-5, 59 points, second in the Pacific Division, fourth in the Western Conference, and tied for eighth overall in the National Hockey League. And they had made history earlier this month by being the first team in NHL history to win seven all seven games of their road trip. I mean, they were coming in on a high. So this was a big-time matchup in Seattle, and obviously you knew that the Devils could not take the Kraken lightly. And unfortunately, I would say, I wouldn't necessarily say they took them for lightly. They took them lightly, but the Devils right from the start just looked tired and out of sorts. And we have been seeing that the last couple of games. I don't know if I would necessarily say they've looked tired the last couple of games, but they certainly looked out of sorts. They weren't as aggressive. They were kind of playing back. And if it wasn't for Mackenzie Blackwood stepping up and making a lot of big-time saves, the Kraken could have easily scored a handful of goals in that first period. Unfortunately, though, for the Devils and Blackwood, Ryan Donato from a little bit of a sharp angle top shelf uh, would get one past Blackwood and give the crack in the one nothing lead. And that's where things stood after one. So obviously to get out of the period only down by one was, you know, kind of a relief, but also again, just like coming off the game against San Jose. And even when we played LA again, you're just not playing all that well. You're just not really generating what you would want and what devil's fans like, like us have grown accustomed to seeing from this team. Uh, and the Kraken just continued to pick up the pace as the game progressed. Ryan Donato would get his second of the game on a two-on-one, just a little under five minutes into the second period. So that made it 2 nothing. So at that point, you're saying, this looks like it's not going to be the devil's night. It looks like that for the first time on this road trip, we're not playing well. And rightfully so, we are losing this game and down by a couple of goals. Um, the Devils, though, as they've done several times over, slowly clawed their way back in the game. It started with the Devils coming into the offensive zone. A nice behind-the-back you know, drop-off pass from Brett. Gave it to Severson, and he sniped it top shelf over the glove of Martin Jones and in to get just his fourth of the year and cut the deficit to one. And that's where things stood after two. And that was a really nice shot from Damon Severson. And you can see how his offensive game is starting to pick up more, which obviously that is his main thing. He is an offensive defenseman. His defensive game has certainly gotten better over this year, but the offense hasn't been there, so he's kind of replaced his offensive capabilities for the most part with his defensive game. But that one was a really, really nice shot from Severson. Nice pass from Jesper Bratt, who's nearly at 30 assists this year, getting pretty darn close. And that is quite the impressive feat, to say the least. So, yeah, I mean, it was just a very, very nice, uh, nice goal, and Devils were able to uh, cut the deficit to one. And then... The Devils started to pick things up a lot more in the third period. Not completely, but definitely you could see they were starting to get rolling here. And the Devils unfortunately took a penalty, but a good pass off the boards from Dawson Mercer leads a streaky Eric Holla who goes top shell backhanded and he ties the game at 2, 604 into the third. Holla getting just his fourth of the year and Look at that, man. He's now got, what, goals in two of his last four games? Well, now it's two of his last five. So 
obviously say what you want about where Eric Halla has been this year to this point. And it has been very disappointing, especially considering how frequent he plays on Jack Hughes's wing. Um, you know, at the end of the day, he is starting to get some goals and that is important. And that is important because we need that depth scoring as much as possible. And you know that Halla, you know that he's just as frustrated as us fans that he has not been able to get himself going. So yeah, it's not, it's not great, but nonetheless, he gets that one. The game is tied. Unfortunately, less than two minutes later, Dougie Hamilton trying, or at least what it looked like was trying to play defense was behind the devil's net. Brandon Tanev was left all alone, nobody within a couple of feet of him, and just a pass right to him from the behind the net. He's able to easily tap it in, beating Blackwood, and the Kraken regained the lead just like that. So now you get towards the end of this game, and again, you knew that the Devils were giving themselves at least a chance to try to tie this game up and force overtime, but it really did feel like that um, we were not going to find a way to get this one. But as the Devils did against San Jose, and as they've done several times, they found a way to tie it late. In the waning seconds, Nico Heischer, standing in front of the net, was able to tap one in past Jones on a rebound on a shot from Hughes, and the Devils, with 1.14 to go in the game, tied the game up at three. Nico Heischer now has tied his career high in goals in a season with 21, so the next goal he gets will give him his new career high, and it I'm not I'm not going to be surprised. Nobody should be that um, Nico Heischer is going to easily have a new career high in a multitude of different stats by season's end. But a big time clutch goal from our captain. And more importantly, it tied the game and forced overtime. So you go into overtime once again, did not deserve to be in this position, but you got a point. Now you have a chance to completely steal the game as a whole and get the two points and still finish perfect on the road trip. But unfortunately, that was not the case. The Devils, you know, again, kind of fell back like they did in the first and second period. Seattle had control. Then Andre Burakovsky was able to snipe one through the legs of Mackenzie Blackwood. I think maybe Blackwood got a piece of it, but it got through his legs. And Burakovsky scores just a minute 10 into overtime. And the Kraken defeat the Devils by the final score of 4-3. to three. So, yeah, not the, you know, obviously you don't like to see your team lose and it sucks that the lose the winning streak came to an end. Um, and I will also say this, Blackwood was a big reason that we even got a point in this game. It's just unfortunate that the one goal that he should have not given up, he gave up, ended up being the, the, the goal that uh, ends up losing the game for us. So it's, it's bad because I feel like with how, much scrutiny that Blackwood gets and how much under a microscope he is, any mistake that he makes is going to be amplified a lot. Absolutely a lot. And I will say for myself that if Vanacek had given up that goal, I would have also been like, yeah, he played a really strong game and he gave us a chance to win, but he kind of sold at the end, unfortunately. And that was the case for Blackwood, who I will say the last couple of starts he's had, he has played really well and has deserved to get better results than he's gotten. 
And I'm hoping that this is the Blackwood we're going to see moving forward. And I'm hoping that he gets a couple of more starts moving forward because I think that we need it. We need Banachek to get some rest. Um, and obviously, everybody's going to get a rest at the end of this week with the All-Star break coming up and a lot of chance to, um, I don't necessarily say regroup, but to definitely you know see how things go and obviously get some guys like John Marino more time to uh, come back from their injury. But yeah, with that loss, the Devils unfortunately do not finish uh, the road trip perfect. They moved their record to 29-12-4 after that game, 18-2-2 on the road. But the Devils still finished the road trip with an impressive 4-0-1 record. So at the end of the day, getting nine of a possible... 10 points, I think it's really important for that team um, on this road trip. And also, because they did get a point in that game against Seattle, they're still on a six-game point streak. So that's kind of a positive you could take a look from it as well, that there's at least still some positive streak. Um, and also the Devils' road-winning streak, which was at seven going into that game, was, snap was snapped. And again, Blackwood stopping 35 of 39 shots. But that, that last goal, I'm sure, would... Um, he would have definitely liked to have back. But at the end of the day, we have to be realistic with ourselves and say the Devils didn't really deserve to even get a point in that game. They quite frankly didn't deserve to get a point in the game against San Jose. And Lindy Rubb did talk about that um, on Saturday, uh, this past Saturday, saying that we just haven't played well. I mean, it's great that we've gotten the results that we've gotten. And obviously, we're still winning and finding other ways to win, which proves again that the Devils are a much better team, a very good team that they're finding different ways to win. But it is a little bit concerning that we're not as aggressive as we normally are. A lot of our analytical stats are not where we normally are accustomed to seeing them. Uh, but again, we also have had plenty of games, especially December, where we were dominating on everything and deserved to win meter and all that stuff. And we didn't get the result that we wanted. So that's how hockey works at the end of the day. Uh, but as long as the Devils can get back to being that aggressive force that, that they are, um, they should find ways to still win these games and start to play better because that's really what's going to come down to as we go along in the season and eventually getting into the playoffs. So, yeah, not the greatest result that you want. But as I said before, you're going to take the points any way you can get them and kind of go from there. So the Devils finish off a really good road trip, and now it's finally time to come home. So before we recap the game on Sunday afternoon against the Pittsburgh Penguins, uh, there was some news that came out uh, prior to the game against Seattle that was obviously of very importance to the Devils and, quite frankly, every team in the NHL. And that was the results of the NHL's All-Star Game fan vote. Um, and this is going to be a little bit of a rant, so just bear with me here on this one. Uh, but the results were kind of revealed already, at least from the Devils' perspective, that uh, earlier in the day we found out that unfortunately, um, fortunately, obviously because we're happy for Jack Hughes to make the All-Star game, but unfortunately that nobody else will be joining him at this year's All-Star game in Sunrise, Florida. And here are the final results from the uh, NHL All-Star vote. Again, the 12 players, which is divided up three per division, two skaters, and a goalie for each division. So in the Atlantic, Austin Matthews, David Posnock, Andre Vasilevsky. In the Central Division, Nathan McKinnon, Miko Rentinen, and Connor Hellebuck. Pacific, Leon Dreisaitl, Bo Horvat, and Stuart Skinner. Okay. And then in the Metropolitan Division, Adam Fox, Artemi Panarin, and Ilya Sorokin. Let me just start off by saying this. At the end of the day, 
This was a popularity contest. This had nothing to do with who was having good years, who was not, and all that stuff. It has to do with the fact that there are a lot of names on here that that are big-time names. And no matter how good or bad they are, they're going to get voted in because that's just how it is. Reminder, the first part of the, of the voting was all about the media and everything like that. It had nothing to do with us. So I get it. But once you implement the fans, once you give them the freedom to vote for whoever they want, you're going to see results kind of like this, where guys are going to get in that, quite frankly, don't deserve it. Now, I will say this. The John Scott all situation, that was funny. That was really funny, and I thought that was very um, classy by fans that they actually decided to do that for the memes. Um, but at the end of the day, I look at it this way. It just – you see guys that get in, and it's just like – I know Adam Fox is having a pretty good year. There's no question about it, so I think that he definitely earned it. Artemi Panarin's having an okay season. Ilya Sorokin, quite frankly, should have gotten in the first time. I think it's a joke that he had to be part of the fan vote. But Stuart Skinner of the of the Edmonton Oilers, they're not even in a playoff spot. He's not even playing all that well, to be quite honest with you. Their goaltending is still a question mark. And yet he gets in. I, I just, I don't agree with it. I really don't. I also think Miko Rantanen should have gotten in the first time and not having to wait around for, you know, fan voting and all that stuff. Pasternak, I know Allmark's having a great year, but come on, dude. He's, you know, Pasternak is giving himself a chance to win the Hart Trophy, and he's having a phenomenal year in a contract year. Um, and Austin Matthews, I mean, he's been injured a bunch. I mean, he's still playing through it, but he's had an okay year as well. I mean, he he's had an okay year by his standards. Let's put it that way. Um, but you look at guys like, and again, this is going to be biased, but this is a devil's podcast. You have guys like Jesper Brad and Nico Heischer and even Dougie Hamilton who are all having tremendous seasons that, in my my opinion, quite frankly, earn the right to at least have one of those guys go. But now you have three Rangers players, two Islanders players in the tri-state area. It, it doesn't surprise me that the Devils were one of the teams in that situation that got screwed over. And that's just what it is with fan voting. It's a joke, in my opinion. I think it's unfair quite frankly, because then guys get in, you know, just based off of their name and name alone. So at the end of the day, not happy about it, but there's nothing much we could really do about it. So at the end of the day, Jack Hughes will still be heading off to the All-Star game once we get to the end of the week, and he'll be the lone Devils representative this year. And uh, hopefully down the road, we start to get more guys from the Devils uh, joining him because, quite frankly, they deserve it. So with that being said, let's shift over to now talking about the Devils game on Sunday afternoon against the Pittsburgh Penguins. want to say really quickly, shout out to my good friend, Sean Harrington, uh, SHarrington2000 on Twitter, as well as Instagram. Uh, really good buddy of mine. We, I've known he, we've known each other for a couple of years now. Um, he kind of gave me a last minute chance to go to this game. And so I'm very appreciative of the fact that I got a chance to go to this game and finally get to see the Devils come home after uh, over two weeks of being on the road. So um, Devil's also looking to move to exactly 500 at home. So it's again, crazy. We're so dominant on the road, but when we get, when we play at home, it's just a little bit, it, it's just different. It's just, we all of a sudden we don't play the same way. Uh, Devil's also looking for another big metropolitan division win here against Pittsburgh and win number 30 on the year, which if the devils found a way to win, they would become just the third team so far this season to reach the 30 win mark, which is a pretty incredible feat for this young devils team. Uh, and the game started off with a bang because Jack Hughes 
he reached himself to 30 goals as he got himself to his 30th goal of the season just 56 seconds in. He sniped it from somewhat of a sharp angle, beating Tristan Jari. I think Jari got fooled by it a little bit. I think he probably would have liked to have that back. But nonetheless, just 56 seconds in, it's one nothing Devils. So you feel very, very confident that the Devils were going to take full control of this game and go from there. Uh, also, Jack Hughes hit a milestone, being the fastest Devils player to 30 goals in 30-plus years in franchise history. He's also the third fastest Devil to reach 30 goals in a season for this team. So Jack Hughes continuing to rewrite the history books. The, De the Penguins, though, would tie the game up from the most likely person, Sidney Crosby. He kind of sniped it from the slot. A little bit of a screen in front, but just a good shot overall, beating Vanacek and tied the game up at one. And that's where things stood after one period of play. And that's where things continued to stay um, for the remainder of this game until we went to overtime. And if it other than the unreal save that Vitek Vanacek made on Pooling, who took a shot with a wide-open net, Vanacek's down on his right side. He got a piece of it, Vanacek did, and then it hit the top post and, and did not go in. That was a phenomenal save that we have been looking for as Devils fans for years from our goalies to make those saves to keep us in the game and try to help us get the win. And that's why Vanacek is so valuable to this team this year with the way he's playing. But other than that, and a very, very poor, arguably the worst period of the season from the Devils in the second period. Nothing else happened. Both teams, it just kind of seemed like neither one was going to get anything really going. It felt like a day game. It was a 2 p.m. start time. Just not a lot going on. So the game ends up going to overtime. And although the Penguins are a considerable amount of points behind us in the standings, you still don't want to give your Metropolitan Division foes uh, more opportunities to get points on you, even if it has to go to overtime. So the game does go to overtime, and the Devils started off controlling the puck, had a couple of good shots on goal, and then the Penguins come the other way, and they're in the middle of a change, and Pedersen comes on the ice from the other side. In my opinion, I thought he was just offside because he came in, looked like it was very soon, and Pedersen sniped it far side, beating Vanacek, and the Penguins ended up winning the game or did they well it turns out that it wasn't a legal goal the ref immediately waved it off because the penguins had too many men on the ice Pedersen jumped on the ice too soon and I get it you know he's focusing on a chance for a two-on-one to win the game um but he was part of the too many men on the ice so the penguins ended up taking a penalty in that situation and so the devils go from what looked like they lost the game to now have a chance to win the game here on the power play. And the Devils had a couple of solid shots. And then Dougie Hamilton, baby, with a blast from the left side, beating Tristan Jari. And the Devils come from behind. Well, not come from behind, but despite just seconds before looking like they lost the game, won the game in overtime by the final score of two to one. And once again, it didn't feel like the Devils deserved to win. On every statistic, they didn't deserve to win. So that's the third game in a row now. But for the second time in three games, they found a way to get both points. And that was big. 
And the Devils get themselves to win number 30 on the season, becoming the third team in the NHL this year so far to reach the 30-win mark. And with the win, the Devils' record now, at the time of this recording, 30-12-4. They are exactly 12-10-2 at home, and they continue to find different ways to win these games. Also, the Devils' 30 wins after 46 games played from the start of a season is the second fastest in franchise history, or second most in franchise history. And the Devils are also going into the game on Tuesday, by the way, it's a random stat, are 7-2-0 this year. So that's kind of a funny statistic. But a big win by the Devils against the Metropolitan Division foe and a great way, an exciting way, at least at the end, to kind of welcome the fans back uh, to the Rock. Vitek Vanacek has been phenomenal. He was phenomenal in this game. He was the big reason, if not the biggest reason, we won this game and, and got it done. And he is currently on a seven-game winning streak, which is the longest winning streak by any goalie this season. And it's also been nearly a dozen years since a Devils goalie has made a streak like that. And right now, Vanacek's winning streak is tied for sixth longest in franchise history. So just like Jack Hughes, Vitek Vanacek, you know, rewriting the history books and really making a name for himself. And again, just this first year here in New Jersey. So overall, a gutsy win by this Devils team. And again, Lindy Ruff mentioning it, understandably so, that he has not been happy with the Devils' performance overall in the last couple of games. I think defensively, we've been pretty good. Goaltending has certainly been solid, but offensively, we're not getting the consistent scoring. It's not necessarily a depth problem. It's like an overall issue, and I don't know what it is. The, the good news is that being in this funk but still finding ways to win is, is tremendous because once we get out of it, we're going to be fine. And I think that it's not time to panic or anything like that. But you got two, you got right now three games left to go before the all-star break. And you've got some really tough competition. And you got to find a way to get these wins while also playing well, because that's going to go a long way as we get further on into the season and eventually into the playoffs. And looking ahead to the rest of the week, uh, and again, I'm recording this on Tuesday, the morning of Tuesday, uh, the 24th of January. The Devils tonight are at home. Against the Vegas Golden Knights, first place in the Pacific, definitely having a bounce back year from last year. A very scary, very scary team who will be without Mark Stone, who's dealing with a back injury. But Logan Thompson been really tremendous so far for the Golden Knights. Jack Eichel has started to step up a little bit more. Um, it's going to be a tough task. Uh, puck drop is at 7.30 and it's on ESPN Plus tonight. So if you got a way to get the stream, get it and you can watch the game. And after this, the Devils will once again be on the road. So it's a very quick couple of days that they're at home. They will travel to Nashville to take on the Predators on Thursday. And then the following night, they're in Dallas to take on the Dallas Stars. So keep an eye on those two games, very big games. And then we head into the All-Star break. So in a perfect world, would it be great if we could get to 33 wins by the end of this week? Yes. And we shall see if the Devils can do that. But first, they got to take on the Golden Knights, which is going to be a tall, tall task. But overall, really, really solid, you know, road trip. 
And uh, obviously great to come back home and get a win in your home building. And we'll see if the Devils can get themselves to over 500 if they can get a win tonight against the Golden Knights. Four NFL teams, two conference championship games, and only a few more shots to win big on the playoffs with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the National Football League. Counting down to Super Bowl 57, new customers can bet just $5 and get 200 in free bets instantly. Not a new customer? You can feel the conference championship thrills with stepped-up same-game parlays. Take your shot at an even bigger NFL payout and boost your winnings with each leg you add up to 100%. And when you look at both of these games, they both have so many exciting different storylines and opportunities. The one that stands out to me is the AFC Championship game. Joe Burrow against Patrick Mahomes, round number two, a meeting of last year's AFC title game. Joe Burrow coming in on a high, looking to try to get back to the Super Bowl for only the second time in his first three years in the NFL. And Patrick Mahomes looking to get back to the Super Bowl once again, which would be his third already of his young career, dealing with that ankle injury, Going to be exciting. Going to be a lot of different big-time storylines. And the winner of that is the AFC participant in Super Bowl 57. So, if you want to get in on all this action, here's what you do. You download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use our promo code THPN. New customers can bet just $5 on the conference championships and get 200 in free bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code THPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. So the last thing that I wanted to discuss with you guys, and it's been a while since we talked about this, and that is some rumors. And all of them more or less positive because right now with where the Devils are being towards the top of the Metropolitan Division, top of Eastern Conference, and top of the NHL, the expectation is that the Devils are going to be buyers at the deadline, which would be the first time since 1718 that the Devils would be in a position to buy. They have bought every now and then the last couple of years, but not at the level that they could potentially do this time around. And the two guys that have been consistently rumored with the Devils are Bo Horvat of the Vancouver Canucks and Timo Meyer of the San Jose Sharks. So this is the most up-to-date information we have at this moment. According to Elliot Freeman of Sportsnet, again, tremendous, arguably my favorite, overall favorite um, reporter in the NHL. The guy is phenomenal. On his 32 Thoughts podcast, when he talked about the Devils, he said the following about the Devils when it comes to trades. He said, quote, I think Timo Meyer is more likely the New Jersey's target than Bo Horvat. But I think they've kind of been around that, end quote. So it sounds like the Devils are interested in, in a trade for Timo Meyer and or Bohora. But I say and or, but realistically speaking, it's going to have to be one or the other. And so this clearly goes against what I've seen Fitzgerald do in the past. But he's never been in a position to make a hockey trade. So this is a very, this is kind of new territory for Fitzgerald. But not only is he looking at it from the right now perspective, but from the also long-term perspective of money, you know, picks, prospects, all that stuff. That's what goes into this, especially with Fitzgerald. And I trust him that he is going to do right by this team. So 
Let's quickly take a look at both players, shall we? So we'll start with Team Omar. 26 years of age, 27 goals, 20 assists for 47 points in 46 games played this year so far for the San Jose Sharks. And he does have some familiarity with the Devils. The most obvious one, he has played in the World Championships with Nico Kiescher, the captain of the Devils. They've had a lot of success. We have seen video of them playing together, so we know what type of you know production that they can make. So that's something to keep in mind. Now, he's also... Uh, he also has another fellow countryman in Jonas Siegenthaler. So the Devils could potentially be adding a third Swiss-born player to their roster uh, in the next couple of weeks. And obviously having him on the line with Nico or even Jack, him being a goal scorer is very, very important. He takes up a lot of shots. And he's well on his way to having a career high in shots. I think he's on his way to potentially having over 300 shots overall by the time the season ends. So this guy has a nose for the goal. And he fills a big scoring need, which is certainly a big thing. We need a scoring winger. That is probably one of our top two most important things looking at this team. Keep in mind, he is on the last year of his current contract. He does have a qualifying offer for next year, which is $10 million for just one season. That's quite a lot of money for one single year. Uh, the Sharks also reportedly are allowing teams who are interested in making a deal with the Sharks to also have time to talk to Timo Meyer about an extension. So it wouldn't necessarily be a uh, sign and trade. It could be simply the Devils trade for Meyer, and then maybe a day or two later they sign him to an extension and they have him long term. Um, in terms of what he might make, I think it's going to be roughly around eight and a half, nine million dollars, kind of closer to where Jack Hughes is because of the production that he has had over the last couple of years. And, you know, the fact that he's right now in the prime of his career and the Devils are looking to make a run at this. Obviously, they're not trying to make this the year, you know, the, the make or break year, but they look at the potential to add somebody like that long term, which is something that Fitzgerald likes to do. He likes to have guys locked up. For a handful of years, you know, Nico, Jack, Dougie, you know, all these different guys, eventually, hopefully Jesper Brad and obviously Jesper Brett's contract situation does take into effect as well in this whole thing, because the devil still have to pay Jesper Brad as well. So that is something to keep in mind and may be a reason why the Devils don't make a move for Timo Meyer, because they may be trying to at least save the money first to work with um, Jesper Brad. So but I think if you were to ask me, this is the most logical option. This is the one that's been the most consistent with Meyer to the Devils and everything like that. Makes a lot of sense. There's a couple other teams, especially in the Eastern Conference, that have called about uh, Timo Meyer. And, uh, and funny enough, a lot of other teams, uh, executives, believe that the Devils are planning to do something at this deadline, whatever that might be. So keep that in mind. So now we'll talk about Bo Horvat and Horvat. The funny thing about Bo Horvat is that the Devils pick that they traded away back in that draft to acquire Corey Schneider ended up becoming Bo Horvat. So if Horvat comes to the Devils, it would kind of be the, the circle would be complete and he ends up on the Devils anyway at a different part of his career. Horvat is one year older than uh, Timo Meyer. He's 27. He's already at 30 goals this year. 30 goals, 19 assists for 49 points. So he has had a really good year despite the absolute chaos that has been going on in Vancouver over the last handful of weeks. He is currently the captain of the Vancouver Canucks. Um, 
So that means he could bring some veteran presence as well as scoring. So that could definitely uh, be a factor. Although Horvat, he does have some playoff experience, not a whole lot, but you know, at least some. He went pretty far with the Canucks in the bubble a couple of years ago. The one thing, though, is that Bo Horvat is his main position is not a position of need. He is a center. But there is obviously the possibility that he could play on Jack's wing and be that scoring winger like Eric Halla has been for the last handful of weeks. So, and we could move Eric Halla down to the third line completely and go from there. And Jack obviously still needs to work on his face-off abilities. So clearly, I think, and this was from Elliot Friedman, that the Devils look at Jack Hughes as a center. That's what they see him as, not as a winger. Um, but either one of them could come in, Horvat or Jack, and play that center position while the other plays the wing, and it could be something, or they could play with Nico. I mean, it's just all these possibilities, but I think more likely a big-time move like this, at least at least from Horvat, for Horvat's perspective, I think he would more likely play with Jack. If it's Meyer, he more likely plays with Nico. I mean, that, that's just what it is, although Meyer could potentially play with Jack as well. So all these things to keep in mind. For Horvat, he's also in the last year of his contract. He does not have a qualifying offer at the end of the year. He will completely be an unrestricted free agent at season's end. This move, if the Devils were to do it, would strictly, in my opinion, be a rental. I don't see the Devils bringing back Horvat unless they end up having to give up a lot. I don't know what Vancouver is going to be asking for for Bo Horvat with so much craziness going on. Could the Devils try to pull a fast one and try to get a relatively decent or slash cheap deal for Bo Horvat? It's very, very possible. But, you know, we'll see. I think Bo Horvat would also be a really solid addition to this team. I think either one of these guys I would welcome and be very excited about. In terms of what the Devils would give up, I think that most likely they're going to have to give up definitely their first round pick for this next year's draft, which if the Devils make the playoffs and, you know, hopefully maybe make somewhat of a run, it'll be towards the back end of the first round. So it won't be as valuable, although this draft class coming up is very, very, uh, very deep. Um, But nonetheless, I think that the uh, situation with that is a first, maybe a second as well, or another mid-round pick, probably a prospect or two. And I know people have thrown out Alexander Holtz. I don't know where the devil stand with him. I personally think it's too early to just give up on him like that, especially for a rental. Uh, there's other guys in our system that could maybe fill out and work it out. I don't know if the Devils would move one of their NHL players. Some people have mentioned like Damon Severson, if they're willing to move, or like Tomas Tatar's contract. If the uh, Canucks are willing to just take on a contract like that and just uh, let it run out until the end of the season and they don't have to keep anything. Because I think, I don't know if Vancouver is looking more for prospects or uh, picks, but I think having a multitude of picks for a rental, I think would be exciting. And I mean, if they do get a prospect as well, they do. So we'll see. There's a handful of teams as well, interested in Bo Horvat, as well as Timo Meyer. The devils are just involved in both. Those are the two names that have come up the most. I will say this though. There are two goalies in my opinion. And from what I've been hearing that the devils seem to be relatively interested in as a potential backup, if they want to move on from Mackenzie Blackwood. That is Carly Vimelka from the Arizona Coyotes, whose stats are not great, and but he's the lone bright spot other than Clayton Keller on a bad Coyotes team. 
The other is John Gibson, who continues to be interesting because at one point or another, not too long ago, he was one of the top American goalies in the NHL and a guy that could make a run at a Vesna trophy. And he's been the subject of trade rumors for a while now, for the last year and change. And, you know, I don't know if Anaheim's willing to listen to offers. I don't know how Gibson feels about being in Anaheim at this point. Uh, and I don't know what it's going to cost. But honestly, if the Devils decided that they wanted to move away from Blackwood and go after a guy like Gibson to be the backup to Vitek Vanacek, at least for the rest of the year, wouldn't necessarily be opposed to it. Wouldn't at all. And the other guy that comes up in, in trade rumors for the Devils is Adam Henrique. And Adam Henrique at this point in his career is not the goal scorer that he once was, although I never considered him to be a consistent goal scorer. Um, I always considered him to be more of a follower, not a leader. But I was wondering about where he might fit. And I think we talked about it with Jake uh, Wakely in the last episode. But I, I don't. I don't see much of a fit, but I mean, he could play on that bottom six and be a physical player and everything. And obviously he knows the, you know, it's new, he knows New Jersey and I'm sure he would be energized to come back on a team that's getting into the playoffs. It could do something um, and kind of go from there. So there's a bunch of names out there all involving the devils. We've been around this situation before at least, but certainly not from the trade deadline perspective. So all we can do is just continue to see what happens as we move on this season, see where the team is, how many wins they are positioning-wise and obvious and all that stuff. And uh, do I think a deal could ha- any deal could happen before the deadline? It's possible. But if nothing happens, oh boy, that trade deadline is going to be one interesting day. But I will also remind Devils fans, if the Devils do not make a move at all, don't be fully surprised either. Because that might be more that Fitzgerald is thinking about long-term and everything and all that. And again, with the options that could potentially be there in free agency, as we've mentioned before, David Pasternak, Patrick Kane, although Patrick Kane, it would be probably not the greatest move. Um, Also, Timo Meyer, if he's there, Bo Horvat as well, if he's there. There's options, and we know that Fitzgerald has been more of a free agent guy over the last couple of years in terms of giving out big money, but it's going to have to be after Jesper Brett gets a deal done. And at the time of this recording, there was no update on him. I know that James Nichols of the fourth period at interview, or at least he reached out to uh, Ryan Graves' agent and said that, um, and asked him if there was any update on an extension for Ryan Graves. They said there wasn't at least at this time. So we'll see a lot of different decisions that are going to come in, that are going to be, you know, coming in based around what the devils decide to do. So a lot is happening, not only on the ice, but in the rumor mill as well. So we all got to see where everything goes and we'll see how the devils finish off this week and look to try to go into the all-star break on a massive high note.